We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. It has been some time since we needed to do group therapy because it has been some time since the Dallas Mavericks lost a basketball game. As we just saw, they stumbled against the Utah Jazz late. Their offense uh, sort of fell apart. Uh, the insane shot making went away just enough. And I don't know. Luca went a little too ISO heavy in the in the, the second half, in, in my um, non-expert opinion. Um, that sucked. Not really mad, but it still sucked. Let's hear what you guys have to say. Um, remember the gist, since it's been a couple of days, when you come up on stage, it instamutes you. You need to unmute yourself, which is on the main page, out of the chat. And you need to be looking at your icon to make sure that the uh, audio is getting picked up. Um, let's go first to my buddy Jared. How you doing, Jared? Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Jared, you, there you are. Uh, yeah, I'm not really mad. Like you said, I'm just, I'm more sad than anything. I know y'all said the podcast, this wasn't a must win, but with the Nuggets winning last night and us one and a half game back and also we were playing the Jazz, um, I don't know, kind of felt like a must win. I, I think it was. If you want to stay in the fifth seed, this is a, this is as must win as a game gets. Um, they have two meetings left against the Jazz, and if they lose either one of those, I think it's basically safe to, to, to consider the fifth seed a bygone option. I know that's a little negative, but it, it's they just have a harder schedule than some of these teams. Um, part of why we coasted to six out of our last seven is the Mavericks played some bad teams at you know a good time. So, yeah, um, makes those OKC and Orlando losses <laughs> hurt even honestly. Yeah, those were those were definitely not fun. 
I, I know what you mean there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you start to look at like playoff matchups and it's just a game like that. I've been arguing, you know, I was kind of arguing before the game that I would love to play the jazz because I think Luca just kind of beats, beats whatever the jazz can throw at them. And then I saw Rudy Gobert kind of put Luca in prison. And I'm sure there's going to be some folks that want to talk about the refs. Like the refs did matter in that game, but the refs did not make the difference in that game. If that makes sense. Yeah, I normally don't like talking about refs, but uh, my God, some some of those calls, I would, Jesus Christ, that was that was infuriating to watch. But I, I mean, uh, the losses on, I mean, honestly, like those last like three threes by Luca, like I don't know what it is about this man and coming off any bit of a break, but when he comes back, he is just not with it for at least a game, maybe two. I I actually said the same thing to Josh in our podcast. Like the last time I remember him looking good coming out of a break was the start of year two. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, I don't want to take up too much time. I I, I guess I'll just stop talking about the negative and, and the positive. Uh, Dean Woody Bertons, man, like I'm I'm here for it. Like I'm here for it. That was fun. That was fun. Um, Bertons just. I don't know. Like watching Bertons play basketball is like watching one of your goofy friends go like hit on the hot chick at the bar. Like he just has no sense of anything. And then it goes in and it's like, oh, okay. That- yeah. If he, when he hits, like when he gets going and he hits like his third one of the game, I just start progressively laughing more at each one it goes in because this man has never seen a shot. He does. I, right. He I respect it. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> ludicrous. I know we used to say that about Tim uh, for his injury, but I mean, he's like, I feel like he's like twice as confident as Tim. Like this man will just back it up and Hey, I mean, you know, he hits him. So that's right. Well, thanks for joining Jared. All right. So you have a good night. All right. I'm to give my dog a treat here before he starts barking on the podcast. Um, we went and looked at puppies to adopt today and he can tell and he is pissed and I don't want him to ruin the show. Um, coming up next is Juan. Hey, Juan, how you doing? Hey, Kirk. I uh, just wanted to throw out there that, uh, and I was really impressed by Rudy Gobert. Like, man, that was, that was, that was pretty good. Uh, also, I believe Spencer should have finished the fourth quarter and replaced with Reggie. I know it was, he was probably in there for defensive purposes, but, you know, Spencer was having to, Spencer Denwood was having a great game, in my opinion. And I think we could have, you know, we needed the boost down the stretch, especially the way Luca was getting defended. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I understand it's too soon, uh, you know, since Jalen Brunson's, you know, really the main guys besides Luca, but I think there's a good game to take advantage of that, that game he had. I certainly don't think it's a bad argument because we've seen this, this sort of, I mean, the clutch offense sucks. Um, we're going to put something together on it soon at Mavs Moneyball. It's not as bad as the numbers look because there's a bunch of garbage data from when Luca wasn't in at all. But even I've just seen too many of these games go sideways because Luca doesn't do hero ball stuff, and they need to more they need more creativity. It's it's over dribbling, it's milking the clock, and it's taking a bad shot. I mean, I think Kid, you know, in the post game talked about he said something to the effect of like that's a plus matchup for us if if Gobert gets switched on to Luca, and ah, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just defending his guy there, and if that's the case, I, I appreciate, you know, kind of the politics of it, but that's not a thing. It, it, it's it's frustrating to me. I, I, Dinwiddie at least gives him a different look because, like, this Brunson stuff against lengthy teams is starting to get uncomfortable. It, it I, I've really loved how Brunson's played this year as a, as a whole, but 
he was ass tonight. And it's just like guys know they're not going to go, go to him. So, yeah. And then one last thing I wanted to point out is that, uh, that open look Maxi had in the fourth quarter, uh, he pump faked it and then passed it right back to Luca. It was very frustrating to watch. Uh, Maxi, like we need to inject Berton's confidence into Maxi. Like that's a player I need to see. Well, thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. Jacob, welcome to the show, Jacob. What's going on? What's up, Kurt? Uh, I've been listening for a while, but first time I've called in. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, this the most frustrating thing about this loss tonight was someone touched on it with not having a or having Bullock in instead of Dinwiddie, but just like the three the three best players tonight were Bertans, Dinwiddie, and Powell, and none of them were in to end the game, which was just frustrating to watch. Yeah, and I'm not sure what you do about that because I don't know if you can really play Bertans in late game situations, but Dinwiddie, I think you find something. Um, I just, this is, this is where it's like you run into the challenge of it. We've been clamoring for an extra ball handler. We get one, he plays a good game and then he's not in when we kind of could use the extra ball handling. I just don't know what you do there. Right. And I agree. You were talking about, um, how it would just be something different if Dinwiddie was in, like, you know, we've seen it time and time again, where the end of the game, it's just everybody's sits in the corner and watches Luca go one-on-one to try to end the game. And it would just be something different having another ball handler in ball handler in, you know, we have like, we have Brunson, but he well, just they do struggles with wings, stuff with Brunson. So. I mean, there was one yeah. possession where Brunson had the ball and Luca just stood in the corner with his hands on his knees. Like this is not winning basketball in clutch time. It's not right. using your weapons properly. I don't understand why they continually do stuff like this. Right, and like, you know, this game, I, I thought the offense flowed really well, and then it gets down to crunch time, and it just completely goes away. It's just, it's they confusing. basically went – this is this is a good observation, but they went from basically la- allowing Luka to pass because Dwight Powell had an incredible game and the offense was getting open looks to basically putting Luka in prison. Like, it was very – they did a really good job on him tonight. Right, and, uh, you know, Jason Kidd talked about how – he thinks that's an advantage with that matchup. And if we if we play Utah in the postseason and it gets to the end of the game, you know, if the series goes seven games or something, and every time at the end of the game we're watching Luca go one-on-one with Gobert, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, looking – I mean, but the flip side is this is like if they – you know, not to – depending on what you want is I guess the way I'll phrase this, is <laughs> if the Mavericks keep losing these games, they're not going to play the Jazz. <laughs> Right. It's like, right. Yeah, that's thing frustrating too. I, I thought they played well going into All Star break, and then you know we get excited because we know this is a big game, and if we get this win, you know we could possibly. It's just the chances of us getting home court where it starts in Dallas if we play Utah goes up, and yeah, just mm-hmm. feel like we let it slip away tonight. I, I, we did, we did. This is a painful loss. I think the only reason I am in a good mood is because I had went and saw a high school basketball game and then joined at halftime. So I really only saw the frustrating part of the game. All right. So. Yeah. But well, thanks for joining. You got anything else? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, I'll let others, other people get on and speak, but yeah, big fan of a uh, Mavs money wall po- podcast and hopefully I'll call in more. I hope so too. Thank to you. These, Jacob. That's kind. In, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have a good night. Talk soon. 
All right, coming up next, uh, Grayson. It's been a while since you've been here, Grayson. How you- hey, Kirk. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm not like too beat up about this one. Um, you know, I have a lot of things to talk about, but I think at the end it just came down to those last three shots that Luca had. Didn't make any of them. You know, it happens. Uh, it sucks, but it's whatever. So I was thinking we might have won this trade in the first half. Uh, <laughs> and then I saw what you retweeted at the end of the game about the rebounding, and that kind of worried me a lot. Uh, so, like, I really liked what, what Bertons was doing tonight, obviously. I mean, he was really efficient, and Dinwiddie had some some nice moments too. But, like, if you're getting – that badly out rebounding, it's it's an issue. But also, the Jazz are a good rebounding team. So, yeah. you know, I don't know how much to take away from it. But now that it's like a four game stretch, uh, it does concern me a little bit. Well, so the Jazz are sort of, you know, how like the Clippers were uniquely positioned to beat the shit out of the Mavericks the last several years in the playoffs. I would say that the Jazz are uniquely put together to exploit this junky Mavericks defense. I don't – I just talked about this on our podcast, and so I don't mean this to sound, like, insulting to what the Mavericks have been able to put together. But basically, the the Mavericks defense is like a weird matchup zone. And given enough time, smart teams on tape are going to be able to pick it apart. Zones do not withstand the NBA rigmarole. Night to night, you can do it. But the Jazz are an excellent three-point shooting team. They gave a lot of great shooters good looks, and they could have beat the crap out of the Mavericks if they would have hit more of them. I mean, really, you back out Donovan Mitchell 7 of 12, and they didn't shoot the ball that great. Um, and so I, like that sort of thing is actually what worries me about the Jazz more than more than anything because – the Mavericks offense just comes and goes and they played a great offensive game tonight and still lost. And so it's like, I, I, this was, it's a little bit dis- disheartening for me, but I'm not super disappointed in it because I think all of us, like, like we're all dealing with sort of mixed emotions long-term because I think we all are more or less people are happy to be gone, like rid of like the KP, all the stuff that comes with KP, but we all kind of understand that this might've lowered their ceiling so how do we reconcile the fact that the Mavericks might not be as good as they could have been, but maybe the set, like, it, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the sets them up maybe maybe better for the future, but in the short term, it just might mean the occasional losses like this against teams that are clearly better than the Mavericks, which I think the Jazz are. They certainly have more talent. The Mavs have the better player. Uh, yeah, they're way deeper than we are, I think. Um, I was listening to the podcast that you uploaded with Josh, talking about the offense. Um, and I remember a lot of the statistics you threw out there. We're at 15 right now, and we really need to get closer to 12 or 11 or 10. Um, and, you know, they looked really good in the first half tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, I liked what I saw. Second half, they just ran too much iso ball and go bear. You know, maybe I feel like this game may have gone differently if they had just chosen a different matchup. But what do I know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Well, thanks for joining, Grayson. You got anything else? No, that's it. I appreciate it. Sure thing, buddy. Okay. Let's go with my man, Ruben. Hey, Ruben. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kurt. 
Oh man, uh, yeah, this loss more sad than like super angry. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like they were just letting Gobert get get away with murder tonight. Like literally after drive after drive, I'm surprised Luca didn't get a tech unless I didn't see him get a tech. Um, but I think like in that fourth quarter, at least two draws he had. At least uh the last one, he basically took his arm and raked him. And he tried to make it look like he blocked it. I'm like, bro, you that was a foul. And Luca's waiting on the ref to call it. But I'm like, come on, bro. Like now, stuff from the side. So like when 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 Luca got Rudy on his hip, at that point, that's a foul. Some of the 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 earlier drives were not fouls. Like Rudy's an incredible defender. Um, yeah, he, and he, then, he, I was gonna that, say he has one, he has lean, but he's basically when Luca's trying to get around him, he's like. His arm is out. I'm like, on like any other player, I'm, they're not let – like if that was like Donovan Mitchell doing that same thing, they're calling a foul. But mm-hmm. I think like Rudy gets like a cushion because he's like the defensive player of the year. Like Absolutely. Consecutive. Yeah, I think he gets like that kind of thing. So I definitely felt it in this game. Um, You know, I liked how we played him. It's just like – uh, uh, like the other guy said, I just wish maybe we could have left Dinwiddie out there. He was, he basically brought us back into the game. I think what the last 10 points were, or last 15, 10 of them was his points. So I'm like, let Dinwiddie see what he got. Like, this is what we got him for. Um, but yeah, that ISO went on Gobert. Now you know how the refs are. I guarantee you all the refs are going to call Gobert fouls like that, non fouls like that. I guarantee you, but. Um, but that's the only thing that I saw. I like how we played them. I still like how we match up against them. But yeah, like you said, like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta win some games at least. I mean, they're supposed to win at home. So I guess the next two are, are our house. So I mean, I, I don't know what the number's gonna look like when we split. I mean, hopefully we split with them and take care of the rest of our schedule. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I love what we saw and Bertans. <laughs> Was it the the Lafian laser? Oh my! He doesn't even set his feet like half the time. That's wild. <laughs> he just like catches it and like jumps. He could be anywhere on the floor. I'm like, bro, he finally got a two pointer two tonight. But yeah, I, I like what what I saw in uh, uh Spencer. The oh, was it they call him the mayor? Uh, um, and you know the Lafian laser. But I, I do like those players, and I think they can help us uh in the playoffs. But yeah, I. My gut feeling is like the how I'm gonna sleep well tonight. The refs got us in this game. It weren't like I, I felt like I don't know. I don't even know the the foul numbers, but I felt like Jazz were getting call after call after call that we just weren't getting. And I felt Lucas pain tonight for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe if Lucas shut the hell up every now and again, he'd get the occasional <laughs> call where the benefit of the doubt's a fifty-fifty thing. But hey, right. who am I? You know, right. I'm just a guy. Right. I'm just a man online. And and last thing, if we do not so, uh, let me what what universe am I in? We double Trey Young, but we don't dr- double Donovan Mitchell, who's going off. Whose call is Honestly, that? Honestly, Donovan might be a bigger concern to me than anything they do on defense because for years, <laughs> uh, for years, I've seen Dorian Finney-Smith get beat like he stole something when he has to guard smaller guards. Like uh, I, he he just must see um, Dame in his sleep because it's just like he just allowed like 
And granted, they're playing this like kind of matchup zone. It's like, man, oh, he had another jumper. Oh, my God. He's just an incredible player is really what it comes down to. I've never liked his game. I've been a hater since day one. But at a certain point, you kind of got to give it up to a guy who's who's able to do the things he's able to do. It doesn't help that apparently, according to legend, Rick Carlisle wanted him over Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and guess who they, you know, they didn't take him. <laughs> And so it's just, it's, you know, it's one of the, you know, but stuff like that happens every draft. You know, there's always players that we think that the Mavericks should draft after the fact. Yeah. If we would have drafted Donovan Mitchell, we probably wouldn't even have Lucas. So that's a whole nother multiverse thing. But yeah, next game, double, double, double him. I don't care. Like let Rudy play both sides, the offense and the defensive end, and see how they take us. So I didn't see him doubled at all, but that's all I have to say. Uh, Double, Spider, and F those refs. (laughs) You have a good night. You too, buddy. Thanks for coming up. All right, coming up next, Sam, what's up? Hey, can you hear me? I can. Where are you driving home from, the bar? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, tell us what you got and don't crash. All right, I'll be quick. Yeah, I know this sounds a little bad, but um, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, the Jazz have two All Stars and the Mavericks have one. Now, that one is a generational talent, which I'm, you know, I have faith that he could be anybody in the seven game series. But you have Donovan Mitchell, you have a three time defensive player of the year on the other team. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? There's, there's no, you know. I guess you could say Giannis did it last year, but even then, Giannis had Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday as his second and third best players. Like, there's no dirt getting one in the league where it's going to be that one guy that's going to take it to a championship. And and the crazy part is tonight, most of the team played great, and we still lost. I think I don't, it's weird because the roster is still kind of flawed, but sometimes I, I feel like kids should get into that mode where, like, with, like um, with Rick Carl, I can't speak, what Carl I used to do. You know, if you're hot, he'll just keep you in the game until you're not. And, you know, sometimes, like, you just got to figure it out. And, you know, call out, play three guards. You play Barrera, Terry, and uh, Jason Kidd. Just, hey, it works. You know, until it doesn't work, just keep doing it. So that's what I feel like he should have did. But I'm not mad. I mean, it was a close game. They played close games because the best teams all year, besides, like, one Warriors loss where they got blown out. So when you have Luka, you have a chance to win the game. It's just, like you said, this clutch time offense, that shit has to get fixed because it is horrible. It's just trash. Like, they need to figure that out sooner rather than later. But um, I'll get off because I know it may sound a little shitty. But you have a good Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, we have who we got here. Hey, Christian, what's going on? If I could actually invite you up on stage. There we go. Hey, Kirk. Uh, yeah, I mean, frustrating. I, I think the refs had a, a big part in it. But at the end of the day, if Luca and or JB play even average, we win this game. Um, you know, it, it, it was frustrating uh, because of a countless number of things. I think, you know, Maxi afraid to pull the trigger. Uh, is one we didn't move the ball at all for the last five minutes, and that's like mm. our offense. Um, like I, I just it, it's every clutch game we don't move the ball, and it's fantastic when Luca's on fire and it's 
it's great, but like, ha- have do you recall a game where we actually moved the ball in the? No, but I also don't like. I never remember clutch wins. I only remember clutch losses. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, I I just you know it's a frustrating frustrating loss. Uh, you know, I, I think the I, I think we might have had one free throw in the second half. Uh, Luca was getting fouled constantly, but he, he has to realize he's not getting a lot of these calls because he never shuts up for the entire game. Like just constantly talking to the refs. And again, he could be perfectly valid, which he is the vast majority of the time. But we need some veteran that can, you know, sit down and just let him know that this is ridiculous, which, like, at at some point, like, he's got to mature, whether it's the coming into the season in shape, uh, whether it's, you know, the complaining to the refs constantly. Um, I I was super happy to see uh, Bertans, though, because, I mean, when you think about it, we have the best German in the league, the best Slovenian in the league, and the best Latvian player in the league. So I think we're uh, doing pretty good on the countryside. Sure. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the the last thing, I'll be brief. I know uh, other people want to get up here, but Utah's a shitty state (laughs) and a lot of (laughs) shitty fans there. Uh, it's been a while since we just had like random location slander. Like, was it? Well, it was somebody to post in the chat. Like, Dirk's really like, like it's like 2001 quote about Salt Lake City or Utah. Just like great stuff. Tyler, welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? It's good. No, it sucks, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, well, uh, just to comment on the last. Um, or some of the other stuff. Um, it, I struggled to blame the refs too much because it felt like Dwight Powell was either setting the be- best screens ever or getting away with a little bit of hip checking or feet moving because uh, their guys were flying all over the place on his screens. Um, but I like that Gobert at the end. Uh, I, I don't know really what happened. Luca just couldn't couldn't sh- seem to shake him. It was a lot of contact. Um, well, so let me read you a quote here. So this is uh, he says, "I like the matchup. I think twice I got fouled, but I know the ref. He won't call a foul." And then the follow up question: Which ref doesn't like him? I don't want to get fined. And this is where I at once both get frustrated at the notion, but also get it because it's just what we were talking about. If the ref like, if it's gotten to the point to where a specific ref doesn't like him, that is it a problem for Luca, a problem for the Mavs, and something that they could play a part in, but it's probably too late in the season for that to matter. You know, I mean, there was – who was the guy, Matthew Phillips, who will be coming up in a second, um, will be able to tell us this. I want to say it was like – was it Danny Crawford who it took like 15 straight losses when games that he refed for the NBA to literally pull him off Mavericks games because of he, uh, how he was affecting the game. Um, 
Luca does some of the stuff to himself, and that's where uh, my favorite. And and I I, I love. I, I will never not like. I love the Slovenian fans who stay up all night to watch these games, and then to tell me, and then to talk to. But it's just one of them uh, who I chat with regularly. Basically, is like he's not going to change. He just has to get used to it. I'm like, no, I won't get used to it. It's a bad habit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so I don't know. This is just one of those things. I, I think that we have to uh, chalk up to. Uh, you know, a lot of bad circumstances coming down at the end, and if they would have pulled away with a win, we probably wouldn't be talking about any of this stuff, you know? Yeah, uh, very true. Um, and I've kind of harped on kids um, and, and this clutch time offense um, quite a bit this year. And it it just reminds me of the hardened days in Houston when he would just, like, dribble between his legs like 12 times and then pull up and, and brick a three. Um, off a step back and it just feels like we need more direction um I, i'm i'm a little bit more hopeful though that now that we have some new pieces um and i think you know i do understand the frustration of not having dinwiddie on the court at the end or Powell um with the way they were playing tonight but i think um you know i'm going to give kid a little bit of slack on that because i just think it takes a little time to figure out the rotation stuff. Absolutely. On the court. I don't know if you remember this, Tyler, but when Jason Kidd joined the Mavericks, the very first game they played was against the Spurs. And Avery Johnson pulled Jason Kidd out of the game in clutch time. And his excuse after the game was something along the lines of, well, he doesn't know our plays. And it's like, are we fucking kidding? We just went through a hellacious trade to get Jason Kidd, put his ass out of the floor. <laughs> but So, you know, it, it, it goes both ways. Like, rotations are something coaches are often married to. And Kidd has gotten really funky in a way that I, I was not expecting, where he tries different stuff. And, you know, they got 22 games now to, to figure some things out. So, you know, sometimes you just got to go with the hot, with the hot, uh, the hot hand. And, and I think. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with, um, you know, I, I do like some of the different stuff that kid has been trying. Um, I think we'll eventually figure it out. I think there's enough time in the season to figure out what, what will be needed in the playoffs. Um, and I, I just wanted to point out that, or just say that um, the, the rebounding is obviously going to be an issue without Chris Dapps, even though he wasn't a great rebounder. Um, and that's maybe something where we can upgrade in the offseason to someone, you know, something better than Dwight Powell um, as our, because he's not a great rebounder by any means as for a big. Um, he tries, but it's not his deal. Yeah. He slaps at the ball and gets tip rebound. Yeah. Um, but I do like um, the spacing a lot better and the extra ball handler. Um, I do like, like in the first three quarters, I thought the offense was a lot more fun to watch, um, a lot more fluid. Um, you know, it's just a little, it's it's exciting and, um, you know, like you were saying that you know this is this is the one team, the Jazz with Gobert, you know, tonight where they the rebounding part just killed us. It was kind of like, you know, how the Clippers were just had the perfect matchup against us. And that's what it seemed like tonight. I do think though, that if we were to see them in the playoffs, it's been like two years in a row where Gobert, when they've lost their series and got knocked out where Gobert pretty much got played off the floor. Um, and I think there's a way to 
space the floor better um, and get Gobert pulled out of the middle and make him a little bit more neutralized than he was tonight. Um, but it can be, it can be difficult to do that, you know, with, a, with a new set of guys, brand new set of guys in a regular season game. Um, and then my last point um, is I, I've said a couple times that we got a bunch of milk duds, marshmallows on this team. And I like that Dinwiddie has a little bit of swagger to him. And uh, we, we like Luca and Finney Smith and maybe to a certain degree Bullock, I think have a little bit of uh, feistiness to him. But if you, you got a guy like Dinwiddie too, um, I think we could, that you know, just more of those guys together can bring out more of that side of us. Oh, and one more point, um, and I'll shut up. Um, I like I did mention that losing KP and, and the rebounding w- will hurt, um, but other than Jalen Brunson, all of our guys that play are six five and above, and I think Josh Green's the only one who's six five, and he's got you know he's super athletic. I think that does help. I think maybe they did consider that when making the trade, um, trading Chris Dapps for, you know, not a non-center, you know, or for two guys who aren't a center. Um, you know, I think we could possibly, you know, team rebound um, cause just because we have so many good-sized guys, like 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", and above, um, who can crash the boards. Um, so I'm not too, too worried about that. Although, I, you know, I, I do think that maybe, um, you know, I think that, not having a better center could limit us um, at some point in the playoffs, but I still think we could, I still am hopeful about winning a first round series. So that's all I got. Thanks Kirk. No problem, buddy. Thanks for coming up. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, we have Ryan. Ryan hit that unmute button. All right. Give you a chance here. Uh, Matt, what's going on, dude? What's up, buddy? How are you? Oh, fine. Just arguing with Bibbs on the internet, who's having a good time talking about how Rudy doesn't foul him. And it's like, I'm sorry, you don't fucking understand what defense is. If a guy, if you get a guy on the hip and he knocks the shit out of you from the side, it's a foul. Oh, yeah. No, the you end. The you end. You <laughs> me into complaining about the rest. Uh, I actually do think on that one, on the one play that's going around right now, it's kind of funny that Bogdanovich, when he helps, he actually screens the ref. I can actually almost understand how the ref did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like you didn't get a clear uh, view. Yeah. Like if you watch where the ref is positioned and this, cause you know, I love to whine about refs, but if you look at where he's at and when Bogdanovich, uh, when he comes down to try to dig on the ball, like he's directly between him. And so I can actually understand the ref missing that call, even though it is a clear missed call. Um, moving on from that, the biggest thing with this game, aside from, uh, just the clear, I think the refs suck. And it was Danny Crawford, by the way. They were 2-16 and 16 in, ga- in the playoffs in games that Danny Crawford refed. And more importantly, they were 4-14 and 14 against the spread in games he refed, which should generally be about a 500 record. So that was clear uh, evidence that he affected games. Um, but going on to this game, the, the first thing is, any game where the Mavs play the Jazz, the first thing you can look at if you don't want to look at the score is how did Dorian Finney-Smith play? When Dorian plays well, we beat the Jazz because he stretches their defense to the point that things work. Like, they didn't put Rudy on him today, but still, in general, 
he gives us another shooter. And when you do that, the Jazz, like their perimeter defenders outside of Royce O'Neal are just not good. Either not good or not big because Mitchell and Conley are both about six foot six one. So when you do that, you look at Dorian and you go look at it tonight. He had seven points. He was one of three from the three-point line. That's just not enough. And then for Maxi, I mean, obviously, you know, I wrote the piece about him that's going out tomorrow that is the deal with him, honestly, more so than just not shooting well, is just that he quit taking them. Like I yep. would I yep. would like I can live with missing. Every everybody knows everybody knows that people go through games. I would legitimately have rather him be one for twelve on threes than the one for six that he was. And I know that sounds stupid to some people, and I know people like to get on there and say, oh, when you're missing threes, you got to quit taking them. But when you are a shooter, that is not correct. That is one of the things that I most liked about Bertans is even in the second game he played. So the first game he played with us, he was three for seven. The second game, he was one for seven. And then tonight, I think he was five for eight. Like, And that's in extremely limited minutes. So, But he just, even when he was missing, he still got him up. And if you are a shooter – that is something you have to do is when the ball comes to you, you have to shoot it. And I mean, that that's the biggest thing for me with Maxi. He did play good defensively after the first quarter. Yeah. No, his stat line is ridiculously strange. It's, it's just the unwillingness to shoot like that last one where he air, where he pumped air and then passed to Luca sealed the game. It was, yeah. you know, if he would have missed the shot, would I have been irritated? Yes. Because you're wide open. Cause he was, wide open, but it was a better shot than what Luca got. Yeah. And, and the thing is everyone misses open shots. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Like we talk about it and I mean, like it's, Oh, this has to be knocked down. But the fact of the matter is even the best shooters in the world miss open shots, but you have to take them for the offense to work. That is the thing. If you're going to stand somewhere and you will not take a shot from there, then there's no point for you to be standing there to begin with. And the other, the, the last thing with that is, uh, I, I want to go one thing back to the deal. So they talk about, like, you talk about the Luka and Gobert matchup and everything. And I want to be careful how I word this. But if you call a foul, it is a 1.4 points per, per possession offense because Luka is basically a 70% free throw shooter. So it is good offense if he draws a foul. He cannot control whether or not the refs call it. So, and that would be the best clutch offense in basketball. That'd be 140 points per possession. Like, that would be better than the Suns. But it's just I, – I understand that. Now, that being said, does that make it a better offense than Luka Iso and Mike Conley? No, it doesn't. And they can always get that switch when they want to. And that's one of the things they've done. But the last thing I have before I go, the Jazz are not a good matchup for us because of a stylistic issue more so than a player issue, which is the Jazz are the best team in basketball at defending a pick and roll. They have been for the last – three to four years, and it's largely because of Gobert, which also for the whole the whole he gets played off the floor memo, he's he's Nah, it's he, kind of nonsense. Yeah, he's he's averaged thirty six minutes a game in the playoffs the last three years combined. Like it's he doesn't get played off the floor. It just it's just not a thing. He got played off the floor in one series against the Warriors and in one series against James Harden. And that's pretty much it. And like it's Honestly, all it's going to come down to with if you want to do that is if Luca can make step back threes over a seven-two defender that's really good at contesting, and that that's not a good thing. That's why this is a bad matchup. The Clippers. Well, were, go ahead. Well, so so Hank in the in the chat just asked. I don't understand why the Mavs thought it was a good idea to hunt Gobert. Here's the thing: Luca thought it was a good idea to hunt Gobert. He hit that crazy like twelve footer that was like a 
a straight line. Like it was a great shot, but it was difficult as hell. Then he came down and hit a three. So at that point, Luca thought he was in his bag. He didn't score another point. And yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's the problem. And that's the deal. And Luke is always going to have to, like, there's always going to be a balancing act for him between, because he is such a playmaker and such a scorer of going back and forth of which one to do. But he, like, I actually thought on that play, he was just trying to get it up because he thought he got fouled. The one that he made that you're talking about, uh, I didn't really think it was attempting to be a shot, but it just happened to go in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, the, that's why this matchup scares me more so than anything else is I personally think they are a terrible matchup for us because our defense is built to give up threes. What do the Jazz do best on offense? Shoot threes. Our offense is built to run pick and rolls. What do the Jazz do best on defense? Yeah. Pick and rolls. Like I don't understand how people think that's this actually the defensive stuff is more of a concern than the offensive stuff because I think Luca and the, the like they can manufacture points uh, given enough time, but like their defense was giving up open corner threes, and I was like, is this is this the 2011 Lakers guarding the Mavs? Like what is happening? You're well, giving was, up open corner looks. What is good? Well, there was that, and Luca Luca got torched on D tonight. Like they put Luca <laughs> in a lot of pick and rolls, and he got torched. Um, yeah. Like I generally think he's been a lot better defensively, and but tonight he was bad, and that's all. So I will let other people talk. Have right, a good night. Good, thanks, Matt. Everybody read Matt tomorrow morning. I made him postpone a piece about Maxi being good, and then Maxi was bad. So if uh, Matt, you want to edit anything on that, you feel free to hop in the uh, hop in the the article, and it will work out. Um, Josh, you've been waiting a while. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kirk. What's Kirk. going on? How are yeah, you? I'm okay. Good, good. Good to hear. Um, basically, uh, I thought it was a pretty competitive game until I felt like the Jazz's defense, um, was really was really good combined with. At the end, the Mavericks looked tight because they're, they went away from spacing because Dorian wasn't really a, he just wasn't a threat. He wasn't in position to be a threat. Looked like they just got tight. And the rest Mm. of the game, the rest of the game was really competitive and it was very, you know, I was very optimistic. I was like, that's great. You can't really fault the kid for going away from Bertans. I think what he was trying to do was show faith in like the, the starters who've been the starters. Um, but man, Bertans was, was a fire thrower. <laughs> yep. He's, he's, he's fun. He's wild. So the one stat nobody's brought up and we're an hour into this. Um, so we might as well just bring it up is the, the stat that kills me is Jalen Brunson's Oh, for one from three. His unwillingness to take three-point shots and dribble into more difficult shots is going to be the thing which makes or breaks how they how they proceed in the playoffs, I think. Because when Brunson is good, the Mavericks are great. When Brunson is mediocre, it's very difficult. And, you know, he wasn't terrible tonight, but he wasn't particularly good. And it, it's... You know, him, Maxi, and and Dorian combined for 18 points. And that's that's not good. <laughs> like it's not good <laughs> enough. So and then those other guys are just like flamethrowers. So if you get like four more points out of any of those guys, I think the Mavericks might have won this game. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, but also there's something else to consider is that when you make a trade like this, 
and you come back from, you know, you always make a trade and come back from the all-star break. And then you have to like figure this right. out. So there's all these minutes getting thrown in. And to be honest, I was watching the game and thinking like, man, Jalen is like figuring out how to defer, how to get Dimwitty involved. And that was great. I mean, Dimwitty wouldn't have had the game he had if Jalen didn't defer. But with Jalen deferring, then he goes to his go-to thing instead of expanding his game, which he was doing before, expanding that to the three-point line. Now he's kind of trying to help get those guys going. And I think that's also what Kid was trying to do. And you oh, know, yeah. I, no, th- these next several games are going to be a lot of experimentation. It's just the margin for error is not where we want it to be, where I think a lot of us I, – I, I ran a poll for Mavs Moneyball, and 58% of respondents think the Mavericks are going to be the four seed. Well, this loss kind of closes the door on that. It's really hard to make up games. It's really hard. Other teams have to stumble, and I don't see – the Jazz stumbling, like they went through their shit streak. Um, the 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 uh, Nuggets have the easiest schedule um, when you factor in rest and travel stuff the rest of the year. So it's like the Mavericks are kind of on the outside looking in, despite having the tiebreak. The Mavericks have a really tough schedule. I think that they're going to fall in the standings, not to be a bummer, um, but maybe they're going to fall in the standings, but get some shit figured out. And um, there's a lot to like (laughs) from those first three quarters. And uh, when you got a team that's trying to, like, run experimentations and then a jazz team that really kind of knows who they are, um, you know, it's it's a tough one. I think they're going to fall in the standings. And I just think it it is what it is. And Mavericks fans have to just accept that that's what happens when you make, you know, a trade like that. And it would be one thing if you made the trade and these guys didn't look like <laughs> they were good. Now you made the trade and you get what you wanted. You get like yeah. it, you look like you're winning a gamble, but then you're like shit. Well, now yeah. you gotta move these minutes around, and then all your guys are like losing stability um, because of that. And I think it's gonna be like it might be a ten game figure it out kind of thing. And they don't. Have well, I mean, that's what I meant. Yet. That's what I'm, I'm not sure if you're in here earlier, but I talked about sort of reconciling the fact that we understand the Mavericks probably aren't going to be as good as they could have been with KP, but we still want them to win games. So it's like figuring out, you know, it's like figuring this, this whole process out while, you know, just playing, figuring out the, the, how to play the best basketball possible heading into the playoffs. Well, ain't that the funniest thing? It's like you want change, right? And I'm not saying you. I'm saying absolutely, like yeah. The, Us, like we do. The, the we Mavericks, want change. We want we want change, and in order to have change, you need to go through the pain of the change. And this is going to be what it is. And you're right. I mean, I mean, you know, we would have been better with KP, right? But it's only because we would have been looking at the same thing. So now we're going to look at something different, be happy to look at something different. But we have to also not be so reactionary to then, you know, lament the pain of trying to incorporate something very positive, which is two guys who look like they're really ready to come and fucking hoop. And, and, you know, we're going to deal with the pain of that because it's going to be painful for Brunson painful for Dorian, painful for Maxi, um, 
Um, but you know, it is what it is. And, and so hopefully, you know, they can win, you know, I don't know, maybe they could just win, you know, four out of the next 10, right. It while experimenting. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Well, thanks Josh. Yeah. Nice to talk to you. You as well, buddy. All right. Closing us out. Jose, Jose, did you fall asleep at any point during this game? No, I stayed up. And my my voice is kind of hard, so I'm I'm surprised that I got put on. No, no, it's good. Um, you're you're not old enough for this reference, but there's a a running gag in Friends when Phoebe catches a cold and she like likes the sound of her voice with the cold. That's how you sound. I'm I'm doing good. Uh, my my biggest thing is uh, this game started off pretty intense. And it remained intense. The The crowd was really engaged from start to finish. And I would say that I, I know that Luca got fouled. I know that he, he takes a lot of hits going in. But in the playoffs, these calls won't be called. And he has to just play through it. He can't be over there bickering at a riff for so so long well it's it's not on him specifically it, it, i agree with you that this needs to sort of stop but i don't know if it's going to but like i need jason kidd to lose his shit at one of these things i i lots of people have corrected me where it's sort of the point of saying oh well you know he's he's trying to get them to fend for themselves and figure this stuff out on their own I need him to lose his mind when Luca gets broadsided and doesn't get a call. I don't think anything was too egregious tonight. Like, like, uh, there's the there's a great photo. Hank Panda Hank got a, a photo of like like Gobert puts his hands on on Luca's groin. Like, at least buy the man dinner, please. Like that's. It, but again, you know, as Matthew pointed out, the ref like the ref um was getting screened. That's they're also up by five at that point. I think like. The Mavs didn't lose because of that. It, the, the the bitching, like, it needs to be more of an institutional thing where it's, if you feel like Luka is getting hit too much, then they need to they need to talk about that through channels that aren't always in. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I just fu- I find it uh, funny that, that some Mavs fans thought just Rudy Gobert would be an, an absolute like ghost out there uh, just because we play small ball. Like R- Rudy Gobert is a defensive like anchor for a reason. He's a real big man. And that block that he had on, I think it was either Luca or Reggie when they were driving in the last couple yep. of minutes or so, it reminded me of the, the Olympics when, when, uh, Luca or one of his teammates got got swatted by either um, Gobert or damn I'm I'm uh, I'm forgetting the other guy from the Clippers uh, Batum. It, it just reminded me of that final moment. But uh, Rudy Gobert is somebody I want in a Mavs jersey because he could absolutely rebound and he could absolutely defend. Well, did you see how many times the Jazz didn't find Rudy when he was sort of like open at the rim? 
I was kind of shocked at times where it was just, he's just there and he's there for like three and a half seconds and they just don't give it to him. Like that tip in that he, I don't know. It was like, it was like a oop. I don't remember which, like, but it was like the last two points that went in where it's like, uh, Oh, he had been there like four times. The jazz just didn't find him. <laughs> right. It's like a, a seven, two guy just standing, waving his arms. <laughs> it, it was kind of, funny to to see that they don't go to him and I think there was a clip earlier this season of like a collage of Donovan not finding him in the paint and he's just wide open just standing there but uh anyways Kirk uh uh the Mavs can't hang hang their heads too much on this game we got Golden State next which will be a big test and I mean the rest of the season is is really a big test anyways well, the Golden State game is going to be fascinating because there's been some particular discussion, and I, I just I don't see the, the 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 Warriors falling out of two into three, but I really don't want to play the Warriors in the playoffs. <laughs> like, let's say the Mavericks fall to six, like a three-six Warriors-Mavs matchup would just give me unbelievable amounts of anxiety because that game where they won. And then just watching Curry at the All-Star game where it's like, oh, God, he's a – like, you just forget every now and again if you don't watch him do it. But like, he's Jaws. Like, he is the shark. He is horrifying. And I don't know what the Mavericks would do. My my last point, and I'll, I'll step down, is uh, Jalen Brunson, as much as I want him to get paid and as much as he is going to get paid, his, his play in season – has to transition into playoff basketball. Because yeah. we, we see it with Maxi that his in-season uh, stats and all his production doesn't necessarily transition into playoff basketball. And with the current guys that we're building around Luka, they have to have their game transition into playoff basketball in order for the Mavericks to have a competent squad. Yep. Uh, Kurt, thanks for bringing me up. Yeah, of course, buddy. Night. Yeah, you have a good night, too. Um, if you want peace and solace before you go to bed, the Lakers just lost, so that always feels good. All right, team. Uh, what's going to be happening? So you'll get this podcast up tomorrow. I'd appreciate it if you downloaded it. Um, we are very close to a hilarious milestone, which I would like to pass in February. So even if you don't listen, just download Marcus Played. That sort of stuff is very helpful. Uh, we'll probably have something for you Sunday morning, uh, and then there'll be, you know, the, the stuff on Sunday night when the Mavericks play. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed chatting with all you guys tonight. I was, uh, I really thought about hosting a green room a couple of times over the all-star break, but my wife was like, you need to not. And we watched Jack Reacher, which um, I would really like it if the Mavericks could get Jack Reacher and have him play power forward. I think he would be effective. He uses his elbows very well. Um, and I uh, recommend everyone go watch Peacemaker. It was truly bizarre. Um, folks, be good. We'll talk soon. Everyone have a good Saturday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.